Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, how you doing, John? Sir Victor Adams. That's Sir. what I'm going to call you from now on. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know I was knighted already. Uh, you queen. might be, man. I see the books you're reading. You're going to be uh, at another level of intelligence. And well, let me tell you, I have like four books I read at once, so it's like a juggling act, and I, sometimes I forget what I'm reading from time to time. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You're going to be like a doctor of the church one of these days yeah. when you're done. <laughs> But no, it's good to see you, man. I'm glad to be back in here for another week. And, and you know, as always, we want to start off the show saying thank you to Covenant Eyes mm-hmm. uh, for continuing to sponsor us in the narrow road and also here on the show. Uh, guys, we've talked about Covenant Eyes a lot. I'm sure you see their ads all over everything. They're really doing a great job in fighting the good fight to keep men chased and to help them uh, fight off the temptations of lust and pornography and all of those things. You know, they're more than just a company that you know, blocks pornography. They, they actually put money back into programs to help people like Strive and, and other programs like that. Uh, they have all sorts of events. I know they've got a, uh, a summit coming up with different ones of their employees that are talking about uh, how, to, how to maintain a, sal- a safe household and how to uh, apply different things to your life to help you beyond just uh, blocking things from the internet. But, you know, at their core, that is what they do too. They, they give you software that keeps you from uh, being able to go out and look at these things, right? They give you an accountability partner or the ability to have an accountability partner in your life that you can place in there. And if you look at something, they get an email, they can call and question why you were looking at it, seeing where you are. In the same way that any other person that has an addiction or, or an issue with something like alcohol or, or drugs, you know, needs to have that that sponsor, that that uh, accountability partner to to be able to reach out to, mm-hmm. coming and eyes makes that possible. But it's not all. It's it's not just about us either. It's not just about you as a guy. If you're having a problem with that, certainly they'll help you with that. But it's also about protecting our families. There's so much stuff out there, and, and a lot of times when we look at just you know when we think about pornography, we think about just hardcore videos or something like that. But there's all sorts of things that are popping up on the internet now that you don't want your children to see. Uh, that could even be a woman in lingerie, right? Which is like provocative poses. Too, yeah, yeah, stuff like right. that. So, so you know, they, they block all of those things, yeah. and they do it in a way that's really neat. They have screen capture. So it actually sends you an email the next day of if you were in a good spot, it'll say, here's what you looked at yesterday. And it may be whatever you're working on for work for your laptop when you're mm-hmm. using the internet. Uh, if you're looking at the wrong things, it's going to show you, you know, blacked out images of what uh, – of what you were trying to look at. So um, the person you know and the person knows. So it's a safeguard for your house. And really, you should look at it as a safeguard for your entire family mm. um, because it's more than just men that struggle with pornography. A lot of times, it's, it's dialed down to that, but it's our children, it's our wives sometimes. I mean, all people struggle with this. So you can go and try out Covenant Eyes. That's the main thing. If you want to do something about it, if you are struggling, then take the first step and go and try out Covenant Eyes. It's, uh, it's $15 a month. But we have a 30-day free trial, and you can find that at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. Guys, go try it out. Try it out for 30 days. I guarantee you it's going to help you if you do it right. If you put it on all your devices, it'll keep you from that, from being able to go out and see it. And that in itself will help, um, you know, subside the temptations, if you will, or, or 
you know, hold back some of those things, but it will also give you a peace of mind. If you're a father who has a child that's dealing with this, mm-hmm. it'll give you a peace of mind there too as well. So again, go try out the 30-day free trial at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. Uh, I just want to remind everybody again, as I've talked about the last couple of weeks, that things are opening back up and there's opportunities to go and speak at parishes. And I've been getting a lot of requests here lately about, you know, people wanting to bring me to their parish because they've got a, a men's fundraising group or some sort of organization that's more of um, service activities to raising money and things like that. And a lot of the men aren't living their faith, you know, the spiritual part of that faith. They're showing up, they're doing things that guys want to do to help, you know, but they're not walking in the faith. They're not living as the spiritual leaders of their family. So I love to talk about that. And a lot of parishes like to bring me in to talk about that, to bring me to their fundraising men's club to speak or to a, uh, you know, some sort of uh, parish retreat for the men at the, at the uh, at different parishes. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to book all that stuff up again. Uh, there's numerous talks we can talk about. I also speak to high school kids and, and all sorts of things. And even co-ed talks too about, um, just living life in the Eucharist and all those sort of things. So uh, if you're interested in having me come speak, if it's something like you're a guy that wants to start a men's group in your parish or your pastor might have reached out to you and you're a guy that he he depends on and wants to try to get something going, uh, we love to do that. I love to come there. We also have the Narrow Road, which is a simple tool for men to start living their faith that can be used in groups with videos. So we can bring all of that and have a kickoff event Um, speak at conferences, all of those things, whatever you need, we're more than willing to do it. And you can find, uh, you can find out how to do that by going to book me at just a guy on the pew.com. You can fill out a form and then myself or Amy will be getting back to you, you know, really quickly to see what kind of event you're talking about and how we can get it on the schedule and, and work with you to help bring more men to Christ. So again, you can find that at just a guy on the pew.com book me, um, speaking of the narrow road there. If you hadn't seen it, we've got new ads out and also uh, just some some new things to help guys get into it. You know, some guys are obviously money can be an issue for some folks. We have to charge money because we can't print them if we don't charge money, right? But right. Um, but for some some folks, it can be an issue. So what we wanted to do is to let people try this for a month at half off. So this month, you know, or actually going forward now, you can get your first month at fifty percent off. So instead of it being twenty, it's ten dollars. You still have to pay the five dollars for uh, you know shipping. But instead of 25, it's 15 total. Um, you know, I keep having guys tell me I want to be a better man. And I see that coming into the ministry all the time. I'm tired of drinking all the time. I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm tired of my life being mundane. I'm tired of all these different things. And I want to be a better man, but I simply don't know how. That's what we created the narrow road for. If you're a guy out there that just, you realize you're not the father you want to be. You know, you realize you're too tied up in work and you're not putting your priorities straight or you're not the husband you want to be or the friend or whatever it is. And and, and you felt that desire. God's trying to tell you something. God's trying to get you to move out of that. And the big problem is a lot of men don't know how, Mm -hmm. right? We just don't know how. I want to be better, but what does that mean? What does it mean to be better? How do I start? Well, that's what the narrow road's for, is to help you walk in a different virtue every month, to get you talking to God through the scriptures, um, listening to what he's saying to you, praying about these things, and walking with their men in the just a guy in the pew community. That's what God wants men to do, is to walk together. And so we've put that all together in the narrow road. And if you're a guy that wants to start, that's what this is for, is to get you on that road to being a better man so that you can eventually become virtuous and, and, and walk in holiness. I mean, I know holiness seems very... Um, unattainable for a lot of people. And it is at first, it seems overwhelming and overbearing. But if you put your your mind to, I just want to be better and I want to start taking these small steps to grow, 
then it's achievable, right? It's like taking a bite out of a cake and trying to eat the whole instead of trying to eat the whole thing. And you you said that there's 36 eventually going to be able to book yeah, lines, we're going right? to do 36 so of those. Three years, guys. There's no one win to start on. You just whenever you start, you begin where you are. Sure, right? sure. And so, yeah. guys, if you're tired of that and you want some help to become a better man, you can go and try that now for less money than you can ever get into it before. You're going to have the community, all the extra stuff we do, the interviews, all that there, and you can find that by going to just a guy in the pew com click community you can join there we've had five to six guys join in the last couple days that are just seeing these new ads and that's that's what it's about is is being a better man and you need somewhere to start and that's what this is so if you if you're looking for that go to just a guy on the pew.com uh community and sign up there and we'll get those out to you and we'll help you in any way we can start to become the man you want to be so speaking of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just being a better man, that's what we're talking about on this show. I mean, it's actually what we talk about every show. That's like Jerry Maguire said that, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just came popping in my head. That's know, right. Sorry. Who's coming with me? Yeah. But uh, no, there, I, a lot of times I get questions from, from guys that have emailed in, you know, or texted in or messaged or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just say like simple things. And one simple thing I get a lot is it's, it's a simple sentence. It's not a simple thing, I should say. Is there more to life than this? Yeah. Right. Like I hear that from guys a lot. They, they just start talking about, you know, it, it's it, everything seems like it's just a big. It, my life is on repeat. Right. It's just I go to sleep, I wake up, I, I go home, or I, excuse me, I wake up, I go to work, I go to sleep, I, 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 you know, I wake up, I go to work, I go to sleep, and it's the same thing every day. And they look around, and it usually happens in your thirties, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, after you get out of your twenties and you've sort of accomplished a lot of things. You start to look around at life and go, man, is this it? Like, well, it makes the whole understand midlife crisis more real to like us. Sure, because we're like in the early forties, mid forties, are going, and you kind of see the the pattern of of behavior is more ingrained and the whole thing where your life is really surrounded by your kids if you have kids, or the routine of work and everything else with home maintenance, mowing yeah. the lawn every you know. Yeah. So there's like a, there's like something that always has to be done, always has to be done. Yeah. Sure. It's just well, and it's just repetitive. I mean, you right. you know, you see things like that movie Office Space. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really what that's about. Is that guy's like sick of, of going to work? Table speaking. Yeah, yeah. Every right. day it's the same question. Where are those TPS reports? Right, Where's right. this? Where's that? And so yeah. you know, men, a lot of men don't feel fulfilled. And I mean, I know for a long time in my life, I asked that question too. I mean, I could remember sitting there you know, in my thirties and I had checked all the boxes I was supposed to check. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I went to, you know, I played sports. I was, I was decent at some of them. I, you know, I went to church growing up. I, uh, you know, I went to college and didn't finish, but, you know, gave it a shot and then wound up getting a job and just started working that job and then met a girl and married her and then had kids and, you know, and all of that. And then one day you're just like, yeah, paying taxes. Yeah. Yeah. You do all (laughs) the stuff. And then you like, one day you look up and you're like, is this it? Right. Like I, I, I wanted to jump out of an airplane when I yeah, at some point well, in my life, and I wanted to go cycle. here and I wanted to go there, and right. now my life is just a never-ending cycle of serving other people or, mm-hmm. or just doing the same thing, and all of this, it's like, what do I have to look forward to? And, you know, it, it's it's it just becomes so mundane for a lot of people, and it's just that never-ending cycle and our only excitement. I mean, I remember thinking this a lot of nights when I, I was like, all right, I'm getting off work, and I'd be excited to get off work, and then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like all I got to do is like go home and then I'm going to sit there and and, ha- and like either play a board game with my kids or like, uh, you know, what we're going to have dinner and then they're going to get in the bath Wash and they're going to go to bed. and fold laundry, yeah. Right, exactly. and then it's just like all of a sudden I could feel myself sink, right? Mm-hmm. I got in the car and I'm like, yeah, I'm off work. But there's 
nothing. What what, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's not like I used to get off work and I went to the bar and I met my yeah. buddies and right. like now I go home and there's just nothing. And then what do I look forward after that? Like tomorrow it's the same thing again. And then even on the weekends it's it's mowing the yard and all the stuff you talked about. Like birthday where, parties. Yeah. What is it? There's got to be more to life right. than this, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a question that we start to ask ourselves because we start to understand at some point in our life that we're made for more. I mean, you know, we've heard Matthew Kelly talk about, you know, in the past, this, this God-sized hole in your heart, right? And, and, and we know that to be true, that that's where a lot of this comes from is we've tried to fill up our life with everything else, right? If I, I, I've, I've gotten the job, I've gotten the car, I've gotten the this, I've gotten that, but, oh, maybe if I get a boat, you know, then I'll be happy. Or maybe if I, you know, join this club, I'll be happy. Or, or go do this or, or take on another responsibility at work. I'll find fulfillment in all these things. But what we find is it's just another thing in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I'll go back to this a bunch of times. I've, I've mentioned this on the show before. It's like getting a new car, right? You get a new car and you're excited. You're like, yeah, man, I've always wanted a truck. I got a truck. This thing's going to be pristine. It's never going to get dirty. It's never going to be, you know, uh, filled with junk or anything. The kids aren't allowed to eat or even breathe in here. You know, that kind of stuff. And and you're, you're, you're washing it. You're waxing it. You're armor all in it like every other day. And then six months down the road, you turn around one day to get something out of the back and there's like 3,000 pieces of paper on the floor and the seats got, you know, uh, stains all or spots all over it. And you're going like, when did this happen? Mm -hmm. Right? I used to care about this so much. And that's what happens in our life when we, when we seek these other things besides God to fulfill us, you know, we, they, they're great for a while, but they, there's always something more we want, right? It's never, it's never enough. It's always gotta be something bigger or different or better or more shiny and then it, it never fills us, and we mm-hmm. continue on that search for something that will. And I think the dangerous part of that is, is like I think we slowly turn inward, and when we turn inward, we we ne- neglect people around us. It's almost like we're we have some like cataractic or myopic. Uh, Stop using big words. Well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's blinding us for for what's around, yeah. so we can only see what's like maybe in our our, our direct path. So therefore, we're not really preparing ourselves to interact with people with a joyful heart. It's like the same thing like, you know, before we, we come to a sense of who we are in our faith, you know, we're, we're blinded. Like like Jesus always said, you know, with those, let those who have ears and, and eyes hear and see what I'm saying. I mean, he said a lot of parables closing that saying like, hey, what I'm telling you is a lot of wisdom, but not everyone's going to get it. And I think we kind of walk around when we're stuck in something like that. We don't hear God whispering the truth of love and we don't see, and therefore we're, we're kind of hard to, to understand what we're supposed to be doing, sure. right? I mean, we get caught in inwardly, what well, this is what I want, this is what I want. I want something new, I want something exciting, you know, and, and sometimes you get caught up in this thing where you get to where you want something to make you feel good, mm-hmm. and then like you said, you buy it, and the next thing you know is like, I'm bored with this. Right, well, the devil finds his way into it too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just like, he wants you to be miserable. He wants you to be distracted. He wants you to try to fill that hole up with everything else but God because once you fill it with God then he's out of the picture or he's not as big of an influence in your life and he starts to lose that grip on you but I mean I just know that there's got to be a lot of guys out here that felt this this is one of those topics that like I can remember driving home and going like is there is there a ball game on is there a Grizzlies game or a Broncos game or is there some sort of sporting event where yeah. I could sit down and watch and, and watch you know and drink beer and, and, and sit mean, back like and enjoy just it or draft you know yeah. watch the basketball draft is there or something your, yeah. that gives my life purpose so, yes. from 7 until 10 30 right. tonight right. you know 
and uh, you know, is there is there a Netflix show or that I can binge, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and that's something to do, or some network TV show that comes on every night of the week, you know. I found myself that doing that a couple weeks ago with the Olympics on. I'm like, man, I want to watch a show because I just want to un- unwind. And I realized the Olympics were on, and usually shows go on break when that's yeah. happening because they don't want to compete with it. And I'm like, man, none of my shows are on. Like, what am I going to do tonight? You know. And I was like, what do you mean? What I am I going to do tonight? Fencing. I'm going to go in the other room and play yeah. with my kids. Or like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go talk to my wife, right? Because I'm in a different place now than mm-hmm. I was. But for so long in my life, what that led me to was addictions and issues and everything else. Because I was like, well, you know, I have nothing to look forward to. And so, therefore, there's no excitement in my life. So, my life became about how I felt, right? Mm-hmm. It's about my feelings, not about what I'm supposed to be doing or, or my knowledge of just what joy truly is. And when you live your life based on feelings then you're always chasing a feeling. You're always chasing a high, right? I want to feel good. So I don't have anything to look forward to. That car I bought that's worn off now, all that new video game I bought was worn off, or I ran through that show, what am I going to do next? And so you start looking for other vices, and that's how you wind up drinking 10 beers a night. That's how you wind up smoking pot or whatever mm-hmm. that you might be doing or, or diving into porn because you're getting a thrill from it when nothing else in life gives you a thrill. And that's the danger of all these things is – is really when you're finding your enjoyment from other things besides God, when you're finding that joy somewhere else, then then it's never going to be enough. And you're always going to either grow in an addiction that you've started or you're going to wind up with something that's just never going to fill you up. So, you know, I, I was sitting there. You know, what you're really doing is, thinking about this, is, is like you're really looking for purpose. I mean, guys like have that feeling it's not made for more. Mm-hmm. And what is the purpose, right? That's what the question means is, is there more life than this? What is the purpose of me being here, right? There's got to be more than just me being in this daily grind, groundhog day sort of uh, life of just for, for 80 years and then I die. Well, that purpose is 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 God, right? I mean, we, we obviously know the answer to that. But, you know, when you find purpose which most men are looking for, it changes your perspective. Yeah. When you have no purpose, then you have the perspective of I'm always chasing things, I'm always looking for enjoyment, I'm, nothing's ever enough, that's the perspective. But when you're truly living in God, and God has given you a purpose and opened that purpose to your life, then your perspective changes, right? Instead of um, looking for gifts, right, to make me happy, I become a gift. And that's where a lot of people are, is like, I. I'm not happy someone give me something to make me happy. Make me happy. Make me feel better. That's when you find yourself looking at like, it's it's Tuesday and you're going, what do I have to do this weekend? Is there anything to look forward to? Right? You're looking for some sort of gift to make you happy instead of being what God calls you to, which is to be a gift. And as I was reading uh, the readings yesterday, uh, and I went to two masses yesterday. We had our holy hour last mm-hmm. night in that mass. And so I thought we were just doing holy hour. I didn't know Father Gio wanted to do a mass too, but I'd already been to new mass. So I got to read the readings twice in a mass beyond the two times I read them the night before in the morning of. And I, I read this verse, and, and I don't have the verse written down, but it was, you know, it was the first reading talking about Moses dying, you know, yeah. taking going up the mountain, God showing him all the promised land that he, he wasn't going to like be able to go into. 120 years old. Yeah, yeah and that's right. what it says is Moses was 120 years old. Yeah. When he died, yet his eyes were undimmed and his vigor was unabated. So he didn't have cataracts. Right. Like, yeah. That's what I'm he saying. He saw like, what would need to be seen by Think about that. Yeah. Right. Like you see a lot of people now that are 90 and they don't right. look unabated and, they're, and they mm-hmm. look, you know, they don't look like they're full of vigor. Well, what was the difference with Moses, right? I mean, this guy had had a tough life. I mean, it wasn't like he'd just been laying up under a palm, you know, palm tree getting fanned and fed grapes all the time. You know, he went through persecution. He led the, the Egyptians all through for years, you know, for years and years and years through uh, through the desert and, and all of these things, preparing them 
uh, for Joshua to take them eventually into the Holy Land. So what is it that made Moses, like still at the end of his life, have this vigor? And it's because God gave him a purpose. If you remember from the story, you know, Moses was was found by Pharaoh's daughter, and so he came into the court. And we don't know a lot about what happened until he got you know a little Disney, bit older. Disney and, thinks they know what it is. Yeah, sure. You know, Moses, so watch <laughs> sure. that. But like, based, yeah, sure. Basically, we can't we can't be held responsible right, for right. whatever factual right. things or infactual things That's are in right. there. But um, you know, they basically show him all of a sudden being a young man and and walking around and seeing his his Jewish brothers. Um, being being uh, attacked, yeah, you know, being beaten yeah, and almost right. killed, yeah. and so of course he kills uh, the guy that was beating on on his Hebrew brothers, and and kills him and buries him in the sand, and then you know he thinks he's gotten away with it. And a couple days later, the you know other Israelites when he gets on them for something for arguing, they go, "What are you going to do? Kill us like you killed the other guy?" And he starts going, "Uh oh, like, right. I didn't get out I found scot-free. Out. I, I right. got to leave. I got to run." And so he leaves, and then God, of course, the burning bush tells him that I want you to lead my people out of slavery mm-hmm. and all of this. So Moses started, God revealed to Moses his identity. And, you know, there's a, there's a verse in the Psalms um, that says, or, actually, I don't know if I put, yeah, I did put it down. So Psalm 57, 2, it says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. That is where we find our purpose, by asking God, what is it, right? By communicating with him, by growing in our relationship. You know, there's other verses here that say, you know, seek, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. That's from Matthew. That's like first seek that before all this other stuff. And then everything will be added to you. All this stuff that you're looking for in your life, God, you're not going to be looking for that anymore when you truly understand that you need a relationship with God. And then he's going to reveal these things to you. Also, it says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. This is leading us in this way to, to let us know that we have to put God first. We fill that, that hole in our life and look what it did for Moses, mm-hmm. right? When he finally said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want, right? He, he spent his whole, the whole rest of his life with a purpose and with a mission to serve those people of Israel. And we know those people weren't always very thankful, right? right? They, they turned on God. They built idols. They, they complained about everything. Uh, none of water, none of food, none right. of meat. Take us back to right. being enslaved because at too, least we had something to eat there, right? right? There's a T-bone back there waiting for us. Yeah. So take us back. And yet through all of this, Moses stayed true to God. God stayed true to Moses by continually giving him his purpose. And then eventually he was able to die, as it says, as a man full of vigor and, uh, un- and, and being unabated, right? Unabated vision. So that should give us a key to like, if you're looking for more in life, then yes, there is. And that is becoming who God wants you to be. And the only way you do that is by casting aside all of these other things that are in our selfishness and in our immaturity that we search for and we look for and realizing these are never going to fill me up. These are never going to give me the purpose I want in my mm-hmm. life, right? That's, that is something that only God can give us. And it takes maturity on our side to say, you know what, even if, even if it's just simply I've tried everything else. And nothing's worked, so I'll give you a shot, God. It's opening up that dialogue. It's picking up the phone with God on the other end saying, I'm ready to listen, right? And what is my purpose in my life? What are my gifts? What do you need me to do? And that's where we find purpose. If you look at my life, I had tons of money. I had, I had you know, a beautiful family, all those things. But I was lost. I was broken. I mean, I wound up in jail all because I didn't know what my life was supposed to be and what I was supposed to do. But when I surrendered to God, he told me, 
I've got a purpose for you. And that purpose is ministering to other men, to share your story, to go out there. And I don't even still know to this day what the, what the complete purpose is. All I know is that every day he tells me to keep doing something, you know, bringing people along that way, the way that he's pointed me to. And ever since then, Victor, my life has been fulfilled. Like, I'm no longer, I don't care about sports teams, right? I'll watch a ball game with my mm-hmm. friends, but I don't care where my team used to lose and I'd be sick all night over it. I don't care about that stuff. I don't care about what kind of car I drive. I don't care about what's the next thing on the agenda. Is there some vacation we have? I care about waking up and being the best father and husband I can be every day and the best friend and the best, more importantly, disciple to God I can be. And when, you, when, you, when you've done that, when you've surrendered your life, and, and I still continue to surrender, I'm not perfect, but God continues to fill up that which you, you're lacking in. In, in, in virtue and everything else, but we have to get to a starting place and allow him to do that. And kind of going back to what we're saying, you know, when, when you see a clear vision of God's purpose, all you do, all you want to do is just please him. Not because yep. you feel you have to, but you want to. Right. I mean, you want to go to Mass. You want to pray. You want to spend time with him in the Scriptures. You want to open up your heart to say, teach me something new, you know, and, and be more vigilant aware of how you can help other people around you. Yeah, and it, I mean, I got to tell you, I can agree more. I was at Mass the other day, and I almost started like crying tears of joy, and I, I didn't know why. I was mm. just happy, and I started thinking about it. I was like, it's not because something happened to me or somebody said something affirming me or any. I was just joyful that where God had put me in my life and the relationships I have with people and the place that I was in now that was so far away from where I used to be. Yeah. And so, if you're a guy out here that is feeling like this, like, is there more to life? Yes, there is, and that more is Jesus Christ. It's getting to know Him so that you can come to know the Father. It's awakening the gifts of the Holy Spirit that lie within you so that you can you can understand what you're gifted for, right? That people have gifts of administration, prophecy, all of these different things. When you figure out your gifts, you can work in them, and then there's your purpose. I know what I'm good at, and therefore I know how God can use me to bring other people to him. That is our ultimate purpose. That is the mission Jesus left us with, right? To to go and make disciples of all nations. That's what each and every one of us are called to do. Not just priests, not just deacons, not just people that seem holier than others. It's every one of us. And that's our purpose. And when we're living in that, when we're living as God has called us to, then we don't look for all these other things. And look, he gave Moses a purpose. He gives all of us a purpose. Moses took the time to figure out what it was. I've taken the time to figure out what it is in my life. Still trying to figure it out. A lot of days fail. But it's when you figure it out and with his grace you're able to do it that you understand there is more to life. More than things and stuff and money and accolades and all of that. There's a joy waiting for you that you'll that's unexplainable, mm-hmm. right? Unexplainable if you'll just give God the time in your life. So guys, if this is you, start surrendering to God. If you don't know if there's more meaning to life, then ask God what the meaning of life is and give him time in your life to show you. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, many times we can find ourselves wondering if there's more to life. Oftentimes this is because we are living life for ourselves and our desires instead of living for you. Help us to realize that a life without you is a life without true purpose. And Father, whenever we find ourselves chasing that next hire, that next thing to make us happy, Remind us that the only thing that can fill the void in our lives is you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.